You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Hi, everybody. As you can see, I have got my hands full right now, which is actually a code name for I will not be preaching today. <laughs> for the next three Sundays, I have decided to take a little paternity leave, a little sabbat- sabbatical so that my wife and I can focus and navigate in this new season of ours with having two kids right now. But hey, here's the best part. I have invited a special guest preacher for every Sunday that I will not be able to serve you. But before I introduce to you the, the, the next preacher, I want to honor right now all the mothers there listening to this message. Happy Mother's Day. We love you, we thank you, and we praise God for you. You are God's beautiful gift to all of us. Mama Christelle, you can take all the rest that you want. Daddy has it covered for the next 12 minutes, I think, because uh, this guy is so, so heavy. <laughs> can you say hi to Mama? Okay, you're shy. Anyway, we love all the moms out there and we thank you for all your happy sacrifices to the family. Anyway, I'm just so excited to present to you our guest preacher for today. This guy needs no introduction. In fact, he is somebody that I look up to literally and uh, figuratively, so to speak. Anyway, he blessed as he preaches God's word to you. Please welcome on the other side of the world, Brother Alvin Barcelona.
Nangis kong matulong say that the closest love, closest human love to that of God's love is the love of a mother. A mother who will give everything and do everything, endure everything, risk everything, even her own life for her child. Just like what we heard in the story of Father Mike and I'm awed that we, we both sang Ugui ng Duyan, a, a classic for all the moms. I'll speak more about mothers in the last part of my talk. But meanwhile, let me welcome you again to Feast at Home Bay Area. And yes, you're watching the Sunday English AM session. And uh, we're streaming to you live from here at Barcelona Academy in Bulacan. We just want to tell you that we're in a 500 plus capacity gym, but we're just seven people in here you know, uh, practicing and following health and safety uh, protocols, wearing face masks off stage and face shields, observing social distancing. We have uh, air purifiers and uh, open ventilation. And, uh, but, but we're doing this because we want to hopefully and gradually give you a live feel as we continue to look forward and pray that someday, hopefully soon, we're going to gather again to celebrate our live feasts. Welcome again as well to the resumption of our talk series, Side A, Side B, with our talk titled, Saved Souls and Crazy Faith. Let's pray our favorite prayer. Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I am God's beloved. I am God's servant. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, Amen. Before I read to you the word, again, we're, we're back to diving deep into the Gospel of Matthew. And I want to preach to you this simple yet profound message. Multiply your blessings for others. And let me remind you of something that happened last year in August of 2020 
when a huge explosion rocked Lebanon. An old rusty warehouse filled with a chemical used for fertilizer blew up like a nuclear bomb, killed 137 persons, wounded 5,000, and destroyed countless homes. The governor of Beirut said it destroyed half of the capital of Lebanon and disfigured their city. After investigation, they discovered that this chemical used for fertilizer had been sitting in the warehouse for the past six years, kept, shelved, stored, and hidden. Now, there's really something wrong with keeping stuff for too long. And I'm using this story as an analogy because you see, fertilizer, if scattered in a field, will not cause destruction and death. It will cause flourishing and fruitfulness. It will create a huge harvest for everyone. Now here's the message. Blessings are not designed to be kept, but to be scattered so that they multiply and bless the world. Don't keep your blessings to yourself. Selfishness is dangerous. Sooner or later, you will explode and harm the people around you and destroy yourself. This is what our Bible story is all about today. And I'm really excited because we'll unpack a very controversial story because here Jesus seemingly acted like a big snob, harsh, insensitive, rude. Worse, he spoke like a racist. If this is the first time you're hearing this story, I'll bet you, you'll scratch your head. <laughs> you'll even cringe and feel very uncomfortable. Oh, but uh, you'll surely learn and discover a lot. So let's begin as we sing to the word of the Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. I read from Matthew chapter 21 to 23. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply not even a word first Jesus entering the region of Tyre and Sidon meant he was now entering into Gentile or non-Jewish territory this Gentile woman approached him who lived there and pleaded to have mercy on her and even called Jesus son of David and she was actually praying and pleading for her daughter who was severely sick and ill. But Jesus again gave no reply. 
not even a word. Isn't this odd? In the previous chapters, we read how Jesus healed hundreds of sick people. Why is he suddenly being snobbish here? And notice that the reaction of the disciples was even worse. We read in 23-24 that his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. <laughs> Notice, then when Jesus replied, it was a very disturbing answer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't Jesus for everyone? Just to refresh your memory, seven chapters before this, Jesus said, I tell you, many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the, at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said that. Yet now, he is saying something else. What's happening here? Ah, but wait, there's more than meets the eye. That's why you should never just read a story or pluck it out from a chapter or the book or the entire Bible and then, you know, make general conclusions or build your entire theology on that part, on that excerpt. Otherwise, you'll get it all wrong. The Bible should always be read in its context. In fact, in its more unified message. And thanks to our continuing deeper dive into the Gospel of Matthew, we're learning more, not just about God's Word, but how to read and understand God's Word. Let's continue with this uncomfortable story of this unstoppable girl. After being rebuffed by Jesus, the Gentile woman didn't stop at all. Let's continue reading in verses 25 to 26. She came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. <laughs> that response of Jesus would make you cringe. Jesus not only rejected her again, he insulted her. You know, if you listen with modern ears, Jesus was calling her entire race dogs. What a racist remark. During that time, religious Jews really called Gentiles dogs. But now, here we read that the woman did not give up. We continue in verse 27. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Here's what the woman exactly did. She swallowed the insult and used it to get what she needs from Jesus. And finally, Jesus replied in the way we always expect him to reply. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. 
your request is granted and her daughter was instantly healed happy ending right yet the big question where was all the all embracing Jesus at the start of this story that guy wasn't Jesus I say this because Jesus had other encounters with other Gentiles and he wasn't like that he loved them immediately healed them and cared for them now are you ready for the answer here's where we hear the drum roll and ta-da I'm gonna give you the answer after we sing again to the word of the Lord thy word is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path thank you lord for your word thank you again why the initially snobbish rude and harsh jesus in this story you know the answer to this is the prophet's theater Ta-da! <laughs> what does that mean? It's, it's a prophet's toolbox. You know, mod modern people won't get this. But ancients would do. Because this was a standard tool. And I wish I had time to tell you more of how the great prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, used crazy wild theater in proclaiming their message at some time they would even act out uh, their, their their message uh, to be more effective or to drive the point and and jesus was a prophet he was drawing out from this uh, toolbox and, and and at this story in this story jesus was playing hard to get to spotlight this beautiful unstoppable gentile girl who wanted to grab God's blessings from Israel or for Israel for herself even if she wasn't a Jew you know I could understand this because I'm a teacher I've been a classroom teacher for three decades now and an online teacher now and, and, and uh, to, to senior high school students and then some you know I've got a lot of tools and, and sometimes I would play dumb sometimes I would play hard to get or sometimes I would even play rude or harsh if only to squeeze out and draw out the mind the heart the, the character of my students and, and more than that for Matthew this is a design pattern a clever brilliant pattern that he does and he plans from the very start of his gospel Matthew already introduced us to this crazy idea of unstoppable Gentile women who run after God's blessings. Remember in the genealogy of Jesus in chapter 1, you'll see this design pattern. You see, in ancient genealogies, it should never contain women. None. It must all be male. And if it's a Jewish genealogy, definitely no Gentile women it will be a huge scandal if they're included <laughs> yet in Matthew's genealogy eh, it contained four Gentile women <laughs> Rahab 
Ruth, Tamar, and Bathsheba. And, and you know, I can go into details about their story. But these are stories that were extra spicy, <laughs> scandalous. And then each story is about an unstoppable Gentile woman who pushed and crawled and clawed her way to grab Israel's blessing. In fact, our story gets even more exciting. Remember how the Gentile woman replied to Jesus, saying that, that's true, Lord. Even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. You know, the, the woman was begging for scraps of bread. But in the end, she gets more than scraps she gets seven large baskets full of bread, not for herself, but for all her Gentile people. Because right after, Jesus heals hundreds and then multiplies bread for 4,000 men, not counting women and children. Now, why is this significant? You see, after the multiplication, the Bible says, in Matthew 15, 37, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. Now, here again is the brilliance of Matthew's gospel. Matthew stories. Just a chapter ago, in the first multiplication story, which we had a few Sundays ago, Jesus fed 5,000 men. What's more important to note is that all of those he fed were Jews. That's why there were 12 baskets of leftover bread, symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel. 5,000 Jews, 12 baskets to symbolize 12 tribes. In the second multiplication story, Jesus feeds 4,000 men, and all of them were Gentiles. That's why there were seven baskets of leftover food, symbolizing the seven Gentile areas around Israel. 4,000 Gentiles, seven baskets, seven Gentile areas. What is this telling us? Jesus is bread for both Jews and Gentiles. Here's the message. Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for you. I don't know who you are or where you come from. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves you. And Jesus is what you need. Jesus wants to bless you now. All you have to do is to open your heart to Him with a persistent faith like that of the Gentile woman. Again, Jesus is for you. But before I end, remember what I told you that I'm going to talk a little more about Mother's Day. Because I don't believe in coincidences anymore. You know, this, this talk that we have was supposed to be given two Sundays ago. <laughs> But, but, but it's, I believe it's by no chance that it is being delivered now. 
Because here's the bonus message for today's celebration. <laughs> the Gentile woman in our story was also a mother. <laughs> the story was about a mother whose daughter was very sick. And this mother, and it doesn't matter whether the mom is a Gentile or a Jew or a Filipina or an Ilocana, Pampangenya, Cebuana, a mother will do everything, even risk shame and rejection and will cross lines and borders just to give the best for her child or to see her child get well. And Jesus our Lord masterfully and beautifully drew out and highlighted not only a Gentile woman's but a mother's persistent faith with an apparent initial rejection. In fact, this reminds me of another mother. In fact, Jesus' own mother who requested something from him in the early part of Jesus' ministry to help a newlywed because the, the wine ran out. And Jesus' reply to his own mother was, was this, Woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Sounds like the rude and then the harsh Jesus again. Yet, Jesus drew out the persistence of a woman this time not just for her son or for her child but for their friends for others and the confidence of a mother requesting his son and telling the servants do whatever he tells you and the first miracle of turning water into wine happened and again both stories of both mothers were about asking for blessings not for themselves but for others and that's how miracles happen the blessings that a mother asks is for others I invite you brothers and sisters be like mothers and multiply your blessings for others you know another big and good news is that today's talk does not end with me so to conclude our talk please welcome back brother Bo Sanchez if there is one word that I will say again and again today, it is the word thank you, because you prayed for me and you sent me your love. And I felt it, I received it, I read through the messages, I received the power of your prayer and intercession. And so from the bottom of my heart, I wanna say thank you. I really felt like we were one family. Sure, I was at home, I was lying down in my sweat-soaked bed, you know, trying to breathe and trying to recover from COVID, but you were there beside me. And so I wanna say thank you, God reward you, and God bless you.
I want to link my experience with COVID with my message today. You see, I changed. My COVID experience changed me. The way I look at the world, the way I look at life, the way I look at God, the way I look at myself. And the reason why it changed me, and, and it was cathartic, it, it was amazing. No, I have no time and have no intention of sharing what happened to me and what, you know, that could be for another talk. And yes, I'm writing a book and it's going to come out and I'll sh- I love to share what happened to me. But today, I want to share a little bit, a little part of my experience with li- which links to our message today. You see, what happened to me, and, and, and I think the reason why it transformed me, my COVID experience transformed me, was because this was, I think, one of the first times where I stared at the door of death. Now, you know, yes, the doctor said that I was critical at certain times, but you know, maybe, you know, it was an emotional experience. Three times I hit rock bottom, and so those three times, I was actually asking God, Lord, is this it? Is this the end of my life? Are you going to relocate me to heaven? And I'm fine with that. I was surrendering my life. You know, my, it was like life stripped me of everything, of all the blessings I thought that was essential to me. And I, I lost my health. I lost my ability to work, ability to write, ability to speak, ability to plan and to communicate and to have meetings and to, it was all gone. And, and when you look at death's door, you're, you're, you're going to give your loved ones away, you're going to give your, it, it was a stripping. Now I know that some of you, you've experienced this in your life. You've experienced, you know, a heartbreak that was so horrible that it crushed you. you. You experienced letting go of a loved one. You experienced a job loss. You experienced bankruptcy. You experienced this and that. And you thought you were losing everything. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and when, you were, when you were giving up everything and you thought that you were losing all your blessings, you realized that there was this one blessing that you were not losing. And that was what I experienced. While I was giving up everything, what I thought to be foundational blessings that defined who I was, there was this one blessing that I was not losing. And it was my greatest blessing. And his name was Jesus. God was there and God was my greatest blessing and and he was still in my heart. And you know, the way we hold on to God after a crisis is very different than before the crisis. It's, It's the crisis makes us realize that God is our greatest blessing. And so this ties up with our message for today because you see in this amazing story of Matthew, Matthew was declaring Jesus is, the full, full, is fulfilling the, the God's original idea for Israel. You see, when God chose Israel, I'll read to you Genesis 12, when God called Abraham. God said this, I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. All the families on earth 
will be blessed through you. That was God's original idea. You know, God blessed Israel to bless even her enemies. Can you believe that? That could be another talk, all right? But hasn't this been God's modus operandi from the very beginning? That he blesses one person so that this one person will bless the world. That's the purpose of blessing. Now, our problem is that we like keeping that blessing, but God's word for you today is multiply your blessing for others. Let me ask you a disturbing question. Are you ready? Are you fighting for others? I didn't ask, are you fighting others? Because a lot of us will say, yes, I'm fighting my boss, my mother-in-law, my husband, my, my sister, and my rude neighbor. And No, that's not the question. The question is, are you fighting for others? Are you living for something bigger than your own wants? Are you dreaming and struggling and working to serve others? Now, face it. Face it. And I, I'm guilty here. Many times we're usually wrapped up in our own little word, worlds, um, worried about our own little problems and preoccupied with our own little hurts. But that's not who you are. You're not designed that way. God designed you and called you for bigger things. And that's why so many people today are miserable because they're not fulfilling their God original design. God will bless you, no doubt about it. But you will, if, if, if you keep those, can I give you another analogy? Um, the egg and the chicken. You know, the chicken is so much better because it produces other eggs and it's bigger and it's, it's, it's more, you know, whatever. But, but, but the blessing, the egg is still a blessing. The chicken is a great blessing, but, but the, the egg is a blessing. But it can be so much more. Our, our problem is this, we don't want to let go of the egg. You see, for the egg to become a chicken, it's got to crack open the shell. We don't want that. For many of our blessings, we just want to keep it to ourselves. The problem is this, the chick will die inside and becomes a rotten egg. We have many rotten blessings because we have not decided to let go and multiply and bless the world. My dear friend, we've got to be like that Gentile woman who was unstoppable, who pursued the blessing of God. <laughs> That's amazing. But she did not receive scraps. She received so much more that the multitudes were fed. And that is what God wants to do with you. You've got to pursue the blessings of God, but not for you. You've got to pursue the blessings of God with this in mind. I want to bless the multitudes. Are you ready to pray with me? Are you ready to ask God seriously? Like that Gentile woman, I want your blessing. But watch, God, what I'm going to do with the blessing that you will give to me. I'm going to crack it open. I'm going to multiply it. And I'm going to feed the multitudes. I want you to come and pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just say this after me. Jesus, I am here like an empty vessel. I am so empty because I want you to fill me up. You are my greatest blessing. And even without every other blessing I'm asking for, I have you. I have enough. 
but I know you want me to bless many people around me. You want to use me. And so I'm saying, yes, I surrender my life to you. Come. I will be like that Gentile woman. I will pursue your blessing. I will be unstoppable. I know that there are people around me that need you. So I receive today every single blessing that you want to give to me and the people that you are sending me to. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.